0: good morning everyone good afternoon good day wherever however you are listening to manchester is burning for 14 january 2021 coming at you from the atlanta georgia on a thursday yes this is your not so instant instant reaction to manchester City one Brighton. Zero at the Etihad the had Manchester City Stadium. Whatever doesn't matter. City wins one nil. They are in third on the table. City fans. How are you feeling today about your team? How are you feeling with one nil? I have asked you many, many times to be okay with getting three points, regardless of how you got the three points. Because there are going to be some matches this season that you're not going to be scoring three, four, five, six. It's just not going to happen this year for many reasons. You already know what those reasons are. But I will review a couple of them as they relate to this game. One comment, shout out, I want to make really briefly before I begin the reaction. It got under my skin yesterday. It really does. The agendas get under my skin. I like the Athletic. I do. I really do like the Athletic. Their articles for the most part are really strong. Really comprehensive. They dig deep. Deep into storylines. They get some analysis that I don't I don't see anywhere else in a long-form format. But when I saw the headline yesterday with the word investigation on a situation where city is allegedly back eight years ago paid a kid's dad for work that he apparently didn't do in order to get more income or more money to his son while playing youth football connected to the academy. But of course, see, number one, it's not an investigation. Why? Because it was targeting one isolated case eight years ago. Two, though it did, I will give them in their defense, I will give them credit for the fact they did mention that other teams had done the same thing. But if you truly want to do an investigation, athletic, you, you need to look at all of the teams. You need to look at all of them more strongly, more deeply, more comprehensively. But no, you want to target Manchester City. You want to target them. You got one person who got paid apparently i mean that's what some of the evidence that y'all say that he that you got that he got paid he got pay slips and documents and all this stuff you didn't present them you just said that you got them okay we need to take your word for it i don't know again i go with facts okay you say the facts are that this dad got paid by a city for doing no work just because he said he did no work even though he everyone said that he actually took courses on uh scouting hmm Okay. All right. And also, do you pay directly 16-year-olds, 14-year-olds to play? I I, I don't know either. Uh, so um, I wonder about that too, uh, where that came from. But again, instead of, because other other clubs have done it, and I don't like to get into what about them, but the point is, it's clear that most every major club has done this same thing. And got busted for it. But you want to attack City now. You want to go after them now. On a case that's eight years old. If you say this is an investigation. That was not an investigation. That was a hit job. Against one club. On one case. From eight years ago. I don't know who did the digging. I don't know if this dude came to y'all. Well, you went to him. You went and started digging, but you had to dig for this story. But instead of doing a comprehensive study of big six clubs, with City being one of them, you need to look at Chelsea. You need to look at Arsenal. You need to look at Manchester United. You need to look at Liverpool. You need to look at Tottenham. You need to look at these top clubs all around the world. It's not just city. If they did this, it's not just them. And this is eight years old. You took one case from a dude that may have had a grudge because his kid didn't make it at city. All right. So I don't know all the facts. I'm not saying that city is not guilty or guilty or whatever. But what I'm saying is what the athletic apparently does. And I've heard this from them in podcast and so forth. Even their own correspondent doesn't like Manchester City, to be honest. He don't like them either. And he likes to listen to the altruistic football mob that goes against them. So I don't know. But don't go and put a headline saying investigation when you got one example from eight years ago. That That's that's it. That's all I got to say about that. I, I, I don't want to put any more, uh, give it any more credence than that. But it sounds like a hit job to me when you look at one case from eight years ago with a person you got a grudge with 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 kind of iffy facts iffy all right all right let me let me uh let me get off this boat this boat before i you know go out into the sea and not even come back i'm not chasing after moby dick today hopefully not all right let me get to the match not so instant reaction now to the match, not so instant instant reaction, y'all, Manchester City, one, Brighton seagulls, Nil. I'm sorry, you can't name you can't name football teams after after um, waterfowl, sorry, Seahawks, seagulls and whoever else is named after uh, seabirds and pelicans and stuff. I mean, no. No, you just can't do it. I'm sorry, you just can't do it. But okay, that's beside the point. I don't want to get on that tangent uh, about that. But I, I just uh, okay. Uh, first point, y'all. Before I lose it, um, and so forth. This is a, well, This was a critical game. One nil. This is a critical game for Manchester City, and the reason why, besides the three points, putting them in third place, getting them into the thick of that. Uh, challenge race for the title the important thing is that brighton took it to him you got to give credit to brighton pep gave uncle pep gave credit to brighton at his post-match conference that they're a strong side and that they put it to him they took it to city they didn't back down they took it to him they tried to take advantage of of what they perceive Manchester City's weakness is. The defense has perceived weakness, by the way, though. They looked at the fact that City was not starting a true center forward again due to injury, isolation, et cetera, and thought, okay, Manchester City is not going to score three or four goals on us today, which is true. When City doesn't have a true center forward, they struggle. May struggle with getting their chances converted so they said okay let's see if we can get a goal somehow let's see if we can find a way to cut through the midfield get to their back line let's see if we can counter them let's see if we can create something and so they took a turn to and city had to fight they really had to fight if you looked at the table and you saw Brighton before this match near the, in the relegation zone, you would have been fooled. And the reason why is if you look at their advanced statistics, Brighton is much better than their ranking suggests. Though factually speaking, on the field, they are where they are. But they're much better, statistically speaking, and their strong side when you look at some information. You dig a little deeper into their numbers. Brighton is 17th in the Premier League in converting goal opportunities. Converting expected goals into goals. They're 17th in the league. Which means that they create chances to score goals, but they fail to convert them. Okay, that's one They are worst in the league, however, Brighton, in keeping their opponents from converting their goal opportunities. So what happens there is they allow defense, uh, I'm sorry, Brighton allows their opponents to get opportunities at their net and they fail to stop them. But there's a what if there. What if... For one match, two match, whatever for eighty-seven minutes or thirty-six minutes, that somehow they are able to stop the other team from converting their goal opportunities. They scrape it together, they block the shots, and they need to. And they, you know, they get their opponents to miss, it they get City to miss their shots, miss their chances because City, as we all know, they have some trouble converting their chances. So this played kind of into. Brighton's hands this match. City not having a center forward in play. Struggling to convert chances. Brighton good at creating chances, but not converting them. So why not? Why not try to go out and get chances? And from the subjective eye, they did get chances. They did push it up the field. They did counter. They used some pace and some speed, which is what you need to do. What you need to do against the Blues is to do that. So they're tactically, they were strong. Their defense was more organized. And a little bit faster, a little bit more organized, a little bit more narrow when they needed to be than usual. So Brighton took it to them. I'll dig a little bit deeper into the chances and things like that. But Brighton took it to them, but City survived. They got the goal they needed. They got the goal they needed and held on. And they fought. They had to. They got pushed. And you need matches like this to get pushed and win in the end. So this is credit to Brighton. Brighton is better than their table standing is. There are no... Easy pushover teams in the league. There are none. I don't care how bad Sheffield looks. I don't care. They just won the last match. All teams in the Premier League can give you a match. All of them. The league is that good. It's that good. Durham Potter is a good manager. He doesn't have the talent. But you pull it together, you can you can you can knock off somebody. And that's what Brighton does. And they almost did it today. They're a tough team. Brighton is a tough team. I don't care what their ranking is. Give it, some, give them some credit. And it wasn't that City played bad. They didn't really play bad. It's that Brighton gave them a game. They didn't roll. It was miserable weather out there. They didn't roll over. They gave them a game. That's my first point. My second point, Pep and Phil Foden. Uh, it, it's an interesting quote: uh, "Work marriage." End quote. You know, you gotta, you got work marriages. I, I hate to tell you that. Okay, listen to me, all of you, all that out there. Let me, let me, let me uh, give you my DJ voice. Don't be fooled. You might be in a relationship at home in your personal life. You might be married. You might have kids. You might have a leaky puppy and a leaky refrigerator. But if any of the spouses work and they're close to their workmates, like football teams are, and maybe mental health centers, there can be work marriages, you know? And it may be guy to guy, girl to girl, girl to guy, girl, it don't matter. It don't matter. They're work marriages. And when you have a football team, well, let me step back. Work marriages—that's not cheating, not yet, not yet. It's just—it's it, just a connection that worker working people have. And there's a connection because there's a common bond of the job, a common bond of what you're doing. You know, commonality. You know, you got something in common. You know, you work together. You spend a lot of time together, even if it's online and you're working from home. You got a work marriage. You know, and so. Don't be threatened by that. There are some warning signs, but that this pod's not about that. Just be mindful that there are work marriages out there. Not real marriages in the, the legal sense, but there are. They're out there. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Uh, I'll stop here. Uh, pleading the fifth. All right. So in football teams, there are work marriages because Players and their managers and coaches and the staff—they spend so much time. They even in this era, this era of COVID and everything else, they spend a lot of time together and they bond. And Phil and Pep have bonded. Now, sometimes they they got they, got, they quip at each other and they snap at each other and things like that because sometimes Phil want to be on the field he want to be playing the matches and Pep says, "No, no, no, you, you're not ready yet." You know, you, you know, I got other people ahead of you and so forth, but. You know, but they got, you know, they got a connection though. And, and, and I think at the end of the day, they are committed to each other. All right. Phil is committed to city. He's committed to pep, even though he may gripe, he may, you know, he's a young kid in, 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 in terms of, uh, you know, life years and light years or whatever. Um, He's a young kid still uh and he got a lot. still got a lot to learn but he got a lot of talent and he is blue blue and blue man. Oh my god, he is so blue. Uh and what I mean by that is he is Manchester City through and through. He's got the blue blood running through him uh and so forth. Now, now uh Pep in his post-match fast conference after the Brighton match, uh he, you know, Phil Foden scored that goal and it was a beautiful goal. It was almost like a pass you know where the goalie had should probably should have been uh you know but he just just kind of eased it into the gap by the post you know just eased it in there and got that goal to xg on that shot by the way it was 0. 0.11 um and it just he made it look kind of easy it's just like a nice little pass right into the goal uh and it was a great goal and phil foden you know is you know he's gonna have his moments he's gonna have leaky puppy moments but he's gonna have great moments too and he's been having them y'all he's been having them so but pep talked about how phil foden has instinct now let me talk to you about instinct i don't believe that instinct exists the way you think it does people having this idea that instinct is this sort of mystical thing that somewhere in your gut that's you know you're telling you sending you signals and things like that 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 you that you're going to do something you need to do something some, you know, this mystical feeling. It's really not. Instinct actually is based on knowledge. It's based on knowledge. It's And what I mean by that is, is that when you've created and accumulated through muscle memory, mental memory, whatever memory, and you've accumulated knowledge and experience and things like that that Phil Foden has gotten, and he's very good and obviously very good at using his talent and then learning. He's good at learning. And you Create a, some knowledge through experience and, and so forth, but you're not able to conceptualize it. You don't. You're not able to put labels on it. You're not able to put words on it. But you know it because your experience has told you it. So instinct really is knowledge that you have not put a label and conceptualized yet, but it's there. And then that's why you should use it because it's based on facts and it's based on knowledge. And that's what Phil Foden has. He's been playing under Pep's tutelage for years. He's been under the City Academy for years. So he's built up that knowledge over time. So he does that instinct. Yeah, he does have it, but it's based on knowledge. It's not a mystical force like Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren, you know and evil force lightning and all that mess. No, it's it's – I'm Han Solo about this. There is no – you make your own luck, and instinct is knowledge that's not labeled. Okay? Phil Foden had a great day. He is a very good player. I want Pep to play him more. He need, really does need an experience. I understand the players ahead of him. And it's hard to find a position for him based on the, the the crop of players that Pep got. I mean, there really is – Bernardo Silva. Also, my second point still here is that Bernardo Silva continues to produce. Now he didn't have he didn't have a great game in terms of the as far as the basic numbers are concerned. He did not have a great game in terms of, of like okay, he got he got the goals, he got the he got the assists and you know, all that sort of stuff. But you know he did have two key passes in the match which is important. He did create, you know, had those key passes creating shot opportunities. That's, that's important. That's really important. Then you got also, let me look this up real quick. You know, I'm sorry, y'all. Let me look this up. All right. You look at Silva and he was involved. He's always been involved uh, in the match. Always been involved. Let me look at his Let's see, Bernardo Silva had five shot-creating actions, five in the match. Only De Bruyne had more. So he was heavily involved, and he continues to be heavier and heavier involved in this. De Bruyne was the most involved as far as all their stats are concerned. He did have the one assist on the Foden goal. He had a good number of touches. He got four tackles in the match. He had two, uh, one block in the match, one interception, three shots on target, uh, etc., but I'm telling you, the three key people here are Silva, De Bruyne, and Foden in this match. Key people. That's my second point. I don't know who my man in the match is. I really don't give give those out uh, and so forth. But those, those folks are key. Uh, Bernardo Silva continuing to do well. Foden continuing to uh, advance. Uh, g- getting more experience. And uh, Pep, Uncle Pep, please give him more. Please give him more. Third, I always talk about stats and chances. All right. Now, one of the interesting uh, points of this is that Brighton's XG overall in this whole match, with all the chances they seem to have have create from the subjective eye, and they did create them. They had, from the subjective eye test, they got some opportunities. They pushed it up the pitch. But when it came to the end of the day, they failed to even create actual chances. Their XG in the match was 018 Again, a credit to the defense of Manchester City. Credit again to that back line. Again. Got to give them credit. That center back pairing in that back line. You got to give them credit. Again. You got Diaz and Stones. complementing each other. Strong. Just strong. Again. Again, you know, blocking at the right time, getting a tackle in at the right time, at the right time, cut down like a tree in the forest, cut down chances that could have been created. So Brighton didn't even have a chance. It looked like they did, but they didn't. Their, their highest XG shot of the entire match came in this in the 18th minute. Uh Troussard, Missing the shot with an XG of 0.08. That was their best chance. Cities, their XG, and this is kind of skewed. Their XG was 2.91. You take away, however, that penalty. The penalty it was an XG of 0.76. So in open play, the XG was actually 2.15. They scored one goal. So what that basically means is, again, City doesn't convert their opportunities. But, I want to give credit again to Brighton's defense because then you look at City's chances, you look at the chances. So De Bruyne, and I'm not, in De Bruyne, at first I was like, oh, he had some missed opportunities. But you look at it again, you got to give credit to the the goalie who probably had kind of an up and down match. I'm sure the Brighton fans probably gave the dude a 4.7 or something crazy like that because he made a lot of mistakes. But uh, but he, he there was a couple of moments where he actually did come through uh, for him. On 13th minute, De Bruyne had a XG shot of 0. .36, which is a solid opportunity and was saved by the goalie. And then in the 29th minute, De Bruyne had uh, an XG shot of 0. .46 and was blocked by the defense. And it took away that opportunity. Now Mares, Mars, you know, I want to tell you, I I probably want to need to do a whole show on Mares. He is not as bad, y'all, as you think he is. I am in the Mares camp. I am pro Mares. Pro Mares. I am in with him. Why? You look at his advanced numbers and he does contribute. He does contribute. I'm not going to run through all of them right now, but he does contribute. You look at the advanced numbers on Marez; He contributes more than many other players on that squad. But he has some Ooh! moments. And he did have at least one today. He had a shot, 57-minute, XG 0.3 he missed. Um, yeah, and it looked bad. Subjectively, I test looked horrible. It really did. He missed it, and and he's had many of those. And people in the and I know blues fans, you're choking force in like a force choke, Darth Vader force choke on you. When every time you see Maras miss or lose an opportunity, and and it drives you nuts. It drives you nuts. I know it does. But Maras is better than you think. I don't is he worth the the millions of pounds you know that that he was bought for. I don't really know, but he does contribute. And he contributes in many ways more than many other players. So I, I am Mara as in. I, I, I am Mara as in, especially now uh, and, and so forth. He'll have his moments uh, of greatness and have his moments of, for sure. All right. Last point. I guess it is part of the third point. Who decides who takes penalties for Manchester City? Pep was asked this question in his post-match conference. He did not give a clear answer. It's mentioned that De Bruyne was tired. He was has been the penalty taker for Manchester City. So I don't know if it was Pep's decision to let Raheem Sterling do the pen. Uh, but let me ask you all. When was the last time Raheem Sterling converted a penalty in the Premier League? I'm waiting. The year was 2017-18. Raheem Sterling's record in converting penalties in the Premier League in his career before this match was one out of three. One out of Out of three. Why? XG on penalties is 0.76, 76% chance conversion. And you got a dude who's 33% for his entire career in the league in converting penalties. Why is he trying to convert a penalty? Why? You cannot be that tired. To take a penalty. You may be too tired of running up and down the field at full speed, but you can't be that tired to convert a penalty. I I just don't see it rationally. So of course, Sterling skies the ball over the net into the 99th row of the Etihad. I don't know. Um, Pep, Uncle Pep, Don't let him do a penalty again, ever. I don't care if it's a penalty shootout. Don't let him shoot penalties. Don't let him shoot penalties. I will imprint a keyboard on my head if I have to see that dude again take a penalty. Don't let him do it. At the end of the day, um, Manchester City sits in third place. They got 32 points. They have one less game, the dreaded game in hand. Again, don't assume that they're going to win it, but they are in third playing one less game than the top. Betters out there starting to look at, have been looking at, Manchester City is the favorite to win the Premier League. With their defense is is from an objective standpoint, subjective standpoint, is the best in the league. One Last thought. Manchester City, as many of you fans already know, they have won. They have a 14-match-in-all-competition unbeaten streak. All streaks end, by the way. Everyone knows it. When did they last lose a match? November 21st, away at Tottenham. You want to guess in the last 14 matches how many goals they have conceded since the two at Tottenham? Three. Three. One against West Brom, one against Arsenal in the Battery Acid Cup, and one against Chelsea. Three goals they have given up in 14 matches. You cannot lose if you don't give up goals. Manchester City's burning. No, Manchester City's not burning, sorry. <laughs> Name of the podcast, Keith. Come on now. Live from Atlanta. All right. Your smooth tunes today. Okay. Manchester's Burning is going to close out for today. Look at the light. Know the light's there. Feel the light. Embrace it. Reach out, everyone. Look at the darkness. Acknowledge the darkness around. Do not let the darkness hug you, but if it does, reach out. Take care of each other. Manchester's Burning is out for today. Bye, y'all.